Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. This is Andy Raymond Unfiltered, a question-answer podcast. We've done over 200 interviews, and I guess, having spent so long in the industry, I can sometimes take for granted the names in history that I've been lucky enough to catch up with, not today. Joining us, a two-time Premiership winner, New South Wales Australian representative, as well as the Kangaroo Tour captain of the famous 1982 Invincibles, arguably the greatest assembly of footballers the game has ever seen, the legend Maxi Krilich. Have we dragged you off the golf course, mate? How was life? Well, you haven't dragged me now, but well, I was there earlier, that's all. <laughs> now I, I finished my 18 holes. No, life's good, life's very good. I'm still alive and kicking. That's good stuff. Playing off five and hitting them well? Well, five, yeah, five is a bit too tough for me, but I'm blowing out the seven, so okay. I was off five about two weeks ago, so you get a few shots back and I've actually, um, yeah, it's within my range, seven. Seven's not a bad handicap. Are you still getting the money off your former teammates that are silly enough to tee off with you? I'm only doing my best in life, mate. That's all we can ask. Okay, our fans, friends and followers have flooded me with some questions. Let's go. Brent from Warrywood asks, toughest hooker or biggest rival you had in your career, Max? Who was it and why? Um, A fabulous little player and uh, the great icon of South Sydney, George Piggins. Easily. He and I had confronting battles for many years. Going back to 1969 when we were playing um, a semi-final and they were, the, um, they were the champions from the year before. This is in reserve grade. And um, they had Jimmy Morgan in their side, yeah. Paul Sate, or uh, George, uh, the Brannigan boys, all these blokes were former, going, uh, going to be Australian representatives, yeah. by the way. And um, so... I, George and I had a running battle for about eight years or ten years, I'd say. We had a number of punch-ups. It was good stuff. No one got injured. Probably, uh, he goes, might have got hurt a bit, but we didn't get injured. And uh, one day, with a blue start of the game, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, let's have a rest. And I said, that's a victory. <laughs> I said, Fuji, I couldn't beat him and he couldn't beat me. Yeah, so simple as that. Oh, brilliant. So, so I know I know my level. <laughs> so he said, let's have a rest. I said, you beauty. And uh, going back about um, 
four or five years ago, I had to speak at a testimonial for George. Actually, I got up and spoke, and uh, and um, and he said, "Do you remember that to you?" Well, I said to you that day, and I said, "Yeah, I remember every little bit." Isn't <laughs> mind, that I've still got my mind. Don't worry, George. He said, <laughs> "Yeah, we had fun. You know, he was a tough competitor, very, very tough." Uh, from Instagram, Wally asks, would a hooker from the 70s and 80s be successful now and would hookers now have survived as a hooker back in the day? Um, a hooker, I think I could have played in today's game because I was a running hooker. Myself yep. and Johnny Lang were the start of the wheel of preempt of all the hookers that ran yep. with a ball and um, I was a dummy half who had a lot of pace. Um, then... Yeah, I suppose why not? Um, I would have loved to play under this ten metre rule. Yeah, and blokes, um, you know, um, I, I would think um, I would have because I was quite quick. And that's, yep. the, that's the idea of it. And every good football team these days has a very good hooker. Yeah. Now we're going to go back to um, obviously Cameron Smith. Mm. Um, possibly, I, I can't say he's the best player I've ever seen, but he's. But he knew how to run a game, and yep. and he let the referees know what he was doing, and that was one of the unfortunate things about Cameron, as far as I was concerned. He's such a good player, but he was allowed to get with, away with so much over the years. Um, uh, the referees, like you'd be uh, Harrigan or um, Hartley, as his referee, mm. he wouldn't have been able to get away with some of the crap he got away with. You know, he's always usually the third bloke in the tackle and the last bloke off. Um, always looking up at the referee and then telling the referee what to do. Honestly, <laughs> that, that, that Harrigan would have sent him straight to the symbion, yeah. you know, straight away. You know, do that again and you're off. You know, but the, 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 some of these referees are weak. They, very, yeah, very I'll, weak. I'll fully agree with you, mate. We did an interview with. Ryan and Jay Hoffman, father and son. Jay oh, yeah. was a hooker for Canberra. You would have played against. I did, yeah. He reckons every hooker had a go-to trick, either to start something in a scrum yeah. or to protect themselves if something started. He had to close the curtains. He'd just grab the props and pull them in front of him. What was your scrum trick, Maxie? Um, don't get hit. Hit first. Hit first? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the essence of being a good hooker and being in a position, even playing Australian side or manly sides or mm. premiership winning sides, is you've got to have a very good front row and front row partners. Yeah. And at Manly, I had Terry Randall, <laughs> Ian Thompson. At one stage, I had John O'Neill. Yeah. And I'll tell you a fascinating story. Once I had Malcolm Reilly playing the front row with me when before, after I took over from Freddie Jones, and Malcolm was in the front row. We played Cronulla at Cronulla Oval, and their front row was Vince Farrer, Cliff Watson, and Ronnie Turner. Yeah. Now, Ronnie Turner earlier that year copped Malcolm's elbow and got numerous stitches in the head. Yeah. And um, Cliff Watson says, hey, Malcolm, no trouble today, Malcolm. Obviously, he was shitting himself with Malcolm in the front row. Yeah. If a blue star, Malcolm, we would have all stood back and Malcolm would have fixed it up for himself. Yep. Anyway, um, we knew we had him beaten straight away. Yeah. Was that? Cliffy Watson is tough and big and ugly as Cliffy was. Yeah. Nice of bloke you wouldn't meet, Cliffy, by the way. But he shit himself with Malcolm was on the field against him. Yeah. Wow. And Malcolm in the front row was a treasure. See, a hooker really in those days, you had to have – and same thing with Georgie Piggins over the years. He had, you know, and I, I hooked with, with John O'Neill as well. He had John O'Neill and John Blitz, Sattler, right, Jimmy yeah. Morgan. You know, he had all these tough blokes around. Yeah. You know, it certainly helps. 
from Ken Collins. He asked the nickname thrower, what's the background, who named you and why? No, that comes from a Greek. I don't know his real name, but it's called Peter Peters. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some crap of a name that he reckons. I'm Peppropolis Popolilis or some bloody thing he calls himself. Anyway, Zorba, um, 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 when there was a bit of the old Croatian guys who were rolling some bombs around at one stage in the early 70s, and so he called me the bomb thrower. Um, and that didn't go over very well one night when someone's yelling out bomb thrower to me and I got picked up by some, this is up the Gold Coast I got picked up by a security guard I was with um, uh, Nick um, anyway I was with some players there and uh, and the bloke walked over and said what's this caper all these bombs and what are you talking about and he said that's his nickname I said I dropped it I dropped this bomb and just left it a thrower yeah but yeah, it was Zorba gave me that, and uh, I did have before that orange head when I first came because I have got a round head. <laughs> <laughs> Trent Copeland from Ulladulla asks, "What was Wally Lewis like as a younger bloke? You toured with him in '82. Did he have the whole king thing going on back then already?" Um, Wally's probably one of the best footballers I've ever played with. They ever played against. Unfortunately, he thought that himself. Yeah, which is a shame. Okay. Um, I have to think Wally was only a prince, but he thought he was the king. Yeah. He went away with Frank Stanton as his coach and he thought he'd run them, you know, tell Frank what to do and do this mm. and do that. Well, Frank let him know, well, you want to do that? Well, where's Brett Kenny? Yeah. So Brett Kenny comes straight into the Australian side. That's right. Brett Kenny and Peter Sterling with a yeah, half five right. eight for all yeah, three right. tests. And more than that, there was other tests. And while, while yeah. he was only reserve and he came on you know, into the second half base times, and rightly so, he should have been in. He was the vice captain of the tour. Yep. Um, I have to say, I didn't get on with Wally. Had issues early in his life, and yep. as it turned out later in his life, when he um, he um, had a turn on TV and he had to get himself fixed up down in Melbourne. Yep. Um, a nicer bloke you wouldn't meet now. Yeah. Nicer bloke. He's, not, he's a nicer bloke you wouldn't meet. Whilst we're on the Rue tour, Sarah from Facebook asks, what's the one memory from that 82 tour that still puts a smile on your face all these years later? There's not one. There's hundreds, hundreds and yeah. hundreds of a great camaraderie. I, I had the pleasure or, or displeasure. It was a funny thing. We were doing the room allocation and Frank Stanton and I were doing it all together. So we had a rule that Queenslanders weren't to be with Queenslanders. There was no – there was no. Um, uh, we had to separate. There was six or eight manly players. There's half a dozen Parramatta so players. So everyone was separated. So you're integrating. Yeah, half a, yep. uh, more than uh, six or eight Queenslanders. So, mm. And then if you were at the bar or anywhere you're together – you, if you saw two Queenslanders or two New South Wales players and you're a Queenslander, you go and get between them. And so at the end, we were all one big happy family. Then later right. on, a few years later, the Queensland was on one side of the bus. Yep. And, and I wouldn't cop any of that crap anyway. Yep. So uh, there's no um, there's no New, New South Wales, there's no Queensland. We were, we're Australia and that's the way we right. had to be. So I had the... Great distinction of having two tours, 78 and 82, yep. with Rod Reddy as my roommate. And when I said to Frank, why have I got him again? <laughs> he said to me, do you think I'm going to put him with one of those young kids? Yeah. It'll, ruin, it'll ruin their lives. 
<laughs> and he, he said, was right. And he, he said, you're okay, you're 32. <laughs> anyway, and um, because you know, we had Kenny and Sterlo and Wade Pierce yeah. and Sip um, Sip Ella, Eric Graith, you know, have more of them, you know, and, um, and he, he didn't want to ruin their career. So yeah. I got him again because he didn't want to put him with one of the young kids. Jeez, these days the captain gets their own room yeah, on the I know, Yeah, but it was good fun. We had fun, you know, like some of the stuff that Rocket gets up to is quite – Incredible! Here's yeah. here's a man for all seasons. He and I, I was actually um, the other uh, year ago. I was talking with some of the present Australian players, and and we're there with the um, with uh, myself and Craig Young and a few. We're talking about what they've actually missed out on. Yeah, not having kangaroo tours. Huge. The the, the fun we got up to. Yeah, yeah, like some of the stuff. Yeah, one day. Um, I, I I was up the road doing getting some shopping or something. I don't know where I was, and I walked back and here's everybody who was out on the um out that we're staying at the Dragon Arrow, which is down the Hilton yes. in Le- in Leeds, and it's a really nice hotel, eight or ten floors, I think. Anyway, there's about three hundred people out on the footpath. Well, our blokes were letting off um, skyrockets. <laughs> So all the alarms are going off. There's, the fire engines are all down the front. You know, it's, um, I know it's you know, another good one was when they when Donnie McKinnon was driving his car along the road coming home from a pub one night, and, and the coppers pulled him over and they said, um, and they pulled him up on the side of the road and shined the torch to him, made him pull over, and he started talking. He said, and they said, "This is how it goes. Oh, you're one of those Australian footballers." They said, "Yeah." He said, "Geez, you guys are having a good trip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep on enjoying yourself and get." He said, "Where do you have to go?" He said, "I'm going down to Dragonara, down to the pub." He said, "Well, enjoy yourself. It's about another kilometre or two, but he only had three wheels, so he's driving." <laughs> so, so he parked. He parked the car down there in front of the front doors of the hotel. Well, the hotel is also a Ladbrokes casino. Underneath. That's right, yeah. It's very plush, and yeah. it's got, there's all the Bentleys and Rolls and you know, you know it's, the rich men, men of um, England are all there. And here we, there's an old heap of shit parked out the front door. <laughs> well, I actually pushed that car into the into the canal behind the pub. Really? Well, uh, I think Donnie got fined two thousand pounds or something. Ooh. But it, but the thing about it is, we had six coppers on our trip that year. Mm. And five of the coppers were with him. <laughs> Pushed it the, into the drink. That yeah, is yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So it was all it was fun stuff. No one got hurt. No one got no, just fun. Yeah, fun. Nothing nasty. Um, Cole the Flame from Parisian Springs asks: Has there been a tougher player than Terry Randall? If so, who? Oh, that's a good question. In the same vein, who played the same way? Um, probably John O'Neill was the same. Yep. You know. You could say the lurch or say the eagle, or just you know, put your body on the line. They put their body on the yep. line. And Terry, I got to say to him, he was he was a natural born leader without opening his mouth. Really, he was a leader. He's a leader of men, a fantastic bloke. Wow, on and off the field, and he was a leader. He he would lead by his his mm. example, you know. And um, he tried to be captain at one stage, and he asked to be dropped as a captain because. You know, he, he didn't have the the voice and the yeah you know the, to follow up. Mm. He couldn't follow up his great actions by talking to players. You know, yeah. he, he was probably too stuffed all the time. You know, because yeah. he really put a hundred percent into it. He 
he really drove himself into the ground. Probably no no harder player. Yes, and tougher. But Lurch and him were in the, like the same vein. Really interesting. Luke from Bathus asks, "What's your fondest working memory of Kenny Arthurson?" Uncle Arco, I spoke to him today. Did you really? Yeah, Uncle Arco's 93 or 4. And yeah, he's fantastic. I'll tell you, you wouldn't even know. He's a fa- fantastic man, Ken. I go back to Ken. I went to, to his office in 1969 as an 18-year-old and um, I walked out of there with a contract and I thought, how good is this? I got yeah. a contract. I'm a kid. No one gets money at the I only want to play football. I went in there and I took the solicitor with me and Bob Barrick, that was his name, he's well-to-do solicitor now, well, he's a barrister, and there's um, a friend of a bloke called Pogo Morgan anyway, so he said, take, take Bob Barrick, he'll get you the best contract. Got me a good contract. Three years later, Ken said to me, sorry, mate, I can't honour your contract anymore. And he said, you're going to end up getting more money than Fulton. <laughs> I kept on. I kept, it was worded, so I just kept on uploading all the yeah, time. Yeah. What a beauty! Beautiful. And I was, I was playing reserve grade. Baz, that was the greatest player at Manly's ever had, and one of Australia's best oh, ever I players. So, how good was that? Good deal done by my bar, my solicitor. Wasn't yeah. it? Uh, last one is from Max the Roofer, Mister Krillich. Well, there's a good start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love my footy, always will, but I miss the old school rivalries that were literally born from hatred, like the Eels and the Eagles. Was it hatred though, from the players and the fans? Or was it just media hype, selling the game, a little bit of theatrics? Um, I would think a bit of everything, you know. The media hype, good luck to them. They've got to sell their papers and sell their TV shows or whatever. Uh, the players don't hate each other. They just want to go out and do their best. Yeah. If it means it's a blue, it's a blue. In yep. those days, good luck to us. We, that's, we didn't care about it. We're having to put the stink on. Um, the rival between Manly and Parramatta, then Manly and Wests. Um, yeah. Uh, the Firebase and Silvertail. Well, that was generated by. Um, um, was it Roy and John Singer? Roy, Roy. Yeah. No, John, it's not Singer then. It was Roy. Yep. Roy Masters. It was very clever because, honestly, man for man, they weren't as good a team as Manly mm. were. And, but, gee whiz, when you went out in the field, you know, a number of times, you know, uh, and one day Les Boyd said to me, they're after you today because he came to Manly and he said, I'll be told they're after you. And I said, well, I know how to fix that up. He said, don't worry, I'm going to fix it up. First scrum, I'm just going to belt Jack Jeffries. I said, what? Poor little Jack. You know, he's a, he's a, it's a very small little yeah. hooker. And I said, no. He said, no, no, we'll put a blue on and get stuck in on Well, 20 minutes went past, it wasn't a scrum. Unbelievable, no scrubs. Wow. But Les then drops the ball and puts one straight on Warren Boylan's chin. Poor <laughs> <laughs> oh, Warren Boylan. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't step on the cockroach if he was no. right across the rim. You know, he wouldn't hurt anyone. Oh, Warren. love and, it. And Les um, went crazy. And uh, so we turned it around that day at Brookfell and uh, we put the blue one to them. And, and really, they didn't know how to handle it. You know, it went the opposite way. They probably said... Enough's enough over the yeah. last few years because there've been a lot of suspensions, but we turned the tails. So, um, yeah, look, it was what it was. You can't do that these days. Nah. But, uh, nothing, but I've got to say, there's nothing wrong with a good blue. Hundred percent, Maxie Krillich, been a pleasure. Thanks for dropping in, mate. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it, Andy. Another Andy Raymond unfiltered podcast. As we count down to the season, Monday nights we'll drop a Q&A podcast where you're in total control because 
you're asking the questions. Then on Thursday nights, we're dropping the dream team. Any era, any player, any position from any competition. Who makes the cut, who misses out and why? As always, we'll be speaking to the biggest names in the game, both current and from eras gone by. And we've got some huge surprises coming up before round one kicks off. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd ask you to leave a review and a five-star rating on the app you're currently listening on. It's easy, takes 30 seconds, and you can now rate on Spotify. What it does, it increases our position on the search engines as we look to expand the brand and bring you more. We're done for now. Look after yourselves and make sure you come back soon, legends. Legends.